So Money episode 1594, Tiffany Aliche, the budget nista. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. When the aneurysm happened with Jarrell and he... He had a surgery and they kind of knew it didn't, it didn't work out. And I was like holding his hand and he wasn't conscious. He was in a coma. I remember nothing became more clear than what mattered in that moment. And the only thing that came up was love and connectedness. That like, there was nothing. There was no, oh, I wish I could have gotten him that favorite car that he wanted. I wish we would have. No, it was just, I wish I had more time to love him while he was here. And I wish I had more time to stay connected. Welcome back to So Money, everybody. It's Monday, November 20th, Thanksgiving week. Kicking off this week with my friend, Tiffany Aliche, the budget nista. You know, as I think about all the things I'm grateful for, I'm really grateful for friends like Tiffany, who've really been there for me. And I like to think I've been there for her. She, as you know, she's been on the show many times. She is the New York Times bestselling author of Get Good With Money. She sold nearly 300,000 copies of that book since it came out a couple of years ago. She's also a star of Netflix's Get Smart With Money. And she's out with a new financial tool, actually comes out tomorrow, November 21st. It's a workbook called Made Whole, The Practical Guide to Reaching Your Financial Goals. It's a companion to her Get Good With Money. On the show, Tiffy and I talk about the state of the union, the financial state of the union. How are people faring these days when it comes to their literacy? You might be surprised to hear what she has to say. The need to get extra creative these days because, oh my gosh, between all the layoffs and rising prices, the impossibility of affording a home, how do we do this? How do we actually get good with our money? And how do we reach wholeness as Tiffany prescribes? And Tiffany gets personal and talks about the recent passing of her husband and how that has shifted the way that she pursues work and her relationships. Here's my friend, Tiffany Aliche. <laughs> Tiffany Aliche, welcome back to So Money. I am really happy to be with you. Thank you for hanging out with us. No, I love being here, Farnoosh. You know you're my girl. And you are mine. Congratulations on the follow-up to Get Good With Money, Made Whole, the workbook. I'm holding it up, um, which is more than your average workbook. Can we just <laughs> yeah. talk about that? It's hardcover. You hear that, listeners? <laughs> I'm knocking on the book. This is some substantial work. It's yeah. your companion to your New York Times bestselling. Mm-hmm. Um, how many have you sold now? Like half a million copies? Yeah, No, just under 300,000. Oh, well, I'm going to say half a million. Um, <laughs> you are get good with money. You can't, it's this time last year, two years ago? No, it was two years ago. I okay. know. Two years, two ago. years ago. So fast track to today, you now have mm-hmm. this companion. Tell me about made whole and why you felt it was necessary. Cause I feel like get good with money was like the end all be all of financial. That's what love. I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a lot of, I mean, like I read all my reviews, all my feedback and there were folks who were like, get good with money is like a textbook. Like it's like, you know, you get your history textbook out, you know, hardcore. Um, and, uh, some folks just kind of wanted a, I need to get started now. And so it's still the same 10 financial wholeness steps. So that's mm-hmm. budgeting, savings, debt, credit, income. 
investing, insurance, um, your personal financial team, net worth, and estate planning. So those same, same 10 steps, which I call your steps to financial wholeness. But here is that after every step, I'm like, one, stop. You learn how to budget. I've shown you how to do it. Here's what it physically looks like in a spreadsheet or whatever you're going to use. Here's what it ought to look like. And here's where you can do the practice instantly right now. Mm-hmm. And so like it gives you the opportunity to learn the thing, see the thing, do the thing and get like instant feedback. Like, does the thing actually work for me? And so I just right. thought that was really important. Like I, I was a former teacher, as you know, for over 10 yes. years. And I wanted to give people the opportunity to do their homework right away. Also, too, in this book, sometimes when people read like, you know, Get Girl Money, they can get a bit overwhelmed. And I thought, well, how about in this book, I add two things to kind of help help ease the process. One, every step has a story of someone who did this financial wholeness step from Get Girl With Money. Oh. And so you can kind of see yourself in it like, oh, Wendy paid off her debt in this way. That sounds like me. Or Tamika was able to fix her credit in this way. And so adding those stories and these, I call them I- IRL stories in real life stories, right? Adding those stories really are, hopefully will help to encourage you along the way as you are navigating, knowing that people have come before you and succeeded. And um, finally, I also added something called quick steps, right? Or quick starts. You know, sometimes like you're like, like if you're anything like me, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I'm not the best cook. So when people give me like directions, I'm like, oh, just, just what's the quick start? If I just throw this turkey mm. in the oven, what, what do I need to do? All this other stuff you're telling me sounds too overwhelming. So I have quick starts throughout the book. Like, okay, if you don't want to do this whole extensive budget, here's how I could teach you in 10 minutes to budget without budgeting. You know, like if you just do this one thing of from each of these 10 steps, it will make you go so much farther when it comes to your your um, your financial goals. And so those quick starts are really meant for people who are like, I just need to get in and get out. And I could do the other stuff later once I get more comfortable. You also have Tiffany tips sprinkled yes. throughout, which I love <laughs> because it's an opportunity for you to really showcase your heritage, your culture, mm-hmm. your background, your own financial freedom journey, which mm-hmm. you've been on the show many times. Y'all can go back and listen to those episodes because they are so rich. You promise your readers in this, and I think also in almost everything you do, that you're going to meet them where yes. they're at. Yep. I want to ask you, where do you think we are at right now? If you had to do a temperature check on <laughs> America's financial literacy, look, you and I have been, been at this for a long time. Yes. And I'd like to think that there's been some improvements. You know, we take two steps back, we take one step forward. I think mm-hmm. somehow with all that's on the internet, that's been sort of helpful because now we have easy access to information. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that we're all excelling, but yeah. where do you think we're at right, relative to maybe when you started and when you were just kind of like, Getting out of that world of Tiffany being a preschool teacher to Tiffany deciding I want to help people with their financial wellness. Well, to be fair, I came out the gate during the recession. So it was, you know, the bar was in hell. That's (laughs) right. So, but I will say that I feel like people are definitely smarter, but things are just harder, if that makes sense. Like I just, like, I mean, if I tell my dad, you know, when we complain about interest rates for, um, for what homes go for. He's like, yeah, well, in 1989, when I bought the house, it was 15%. I'm like, that sounds crazy. But also Um, what you paid for a house was such a smaller fraction of your salary. Yes. So you felt richer, you know, like I think they bought their first house for like $35,000. Try a car. Okay. You can't even get a good car. for Oh, no. You know? And so, 
So it's, I think things are harder. Like when I talk to so many of my dream catchers, so like, you know, Beyonce has a beehive. I got the dream catchers. Hey ladies. Um, <laughs> that one of the things I just hear is just day-to-day life. I mean, I see it too. There was this um, TikToker that showed like his receipt at like Costco or whatever, two years prior and said, let's buy those same things now. Double, if not triple in two uh, years. I mean, how does someone live? Um, my sister, her rent has increased by $800 a month in two years. She doesn't live in some fancy apartment. And I'm like, she lives in Belleville, if you're familiar with New Jersey, just a regular middle of the way, you know, in between kind of town. It's not super fancy. It's not terrible. But $400 annually for the last two years. I'm like, how, what does that even look like? She cannot stay there the next year. But then she's like, then where do I go? You know, like $800 monthly and and she's got two kids and she's an engineer. So it's not like, oh, but she's still like, how can I, at some point it just becomes where it's not affordable to just have day-to-day life. We're not talking about vacation. We're not talking about, you know, like, you know, getting nails done, hair done, everything did just regular day-to-day life. And so I will say that although people are smarter, the world has just gotten really hard all of a sudden financially. And the world's like, oh, you're smarter now? Guess what? I'm going to make it way more challenging. You're going to have to learn new things. You're going to have to get really creative. I wonder if there is a book in your future on like how how to not just work smarter, but work against like all the all the impossibilities it feels yeah. like, right? Like sometimes you, you know, yes, you can budget and yes, you can, mm-hmm. you know, manage your money, track your spending, change your mindset. But gosh, it just sort at of feels point? like, at what point do you go, yes. I need to get really a lot more creative. And unfortunately I'm the one who has to get the creativeness going. I wish the government would, I wish companies would, I wish employers would, mm-hmm. I wish landlords would, but I think the, really the the creativity is stuff that folks have been doing and we need to like re-remember. And it is something that I push in the book, uh, Made Whole, which is your like personal finances can't be quite as personal. You know, that there has to be a community aspect to the way you navigate money. So the way, for example, that my sister is going to be able to survive her and her two children is because like I bought a condo um, like earlier this year, it's being renovated. And I told her when I leave here, this house that I, that I, I, I live in, it's, it's, I bought this house. It was a foreclosure. There's no mortgage here. You can live here and just pay the carrying cost, which is like one third of what she pays now. So her and the kids get like a whole house and you know, this beautiful backyard, all the things for like one third of what life is costing her. So and it's like, well, I can't do that. I don't have a sister who's rich. I know. But like, even when I, um, during the recession, when I lost my job, um, I moved back home and I slept in my middle school bed for a year. And then I moved in with one of my sisters for a year. And so you might think to yourself, well, I don't have family. Okay. But building community around you is critical. A friend of mine, Cabral, he's awesome at doing this. I remember he, there is, there is nothing that he can't have access to because of the community he's built around him. When he wanted to move or one of his friends is like, well, you know, who lived in Rome is like, well, while you decide, do you want to come to Rome for the summer? I'm not here. You could just live in my apartment. I'm like, what the hell? What do you say to these people? But he's a really good friend. So as a result, he has really good friends. And I really believe that the answer and the antidote is like making your finances more communal, you know, like, 
Um, who can you, is it you and your best friend? You know, you both have kids who are seven years old and maybe the next apartment you get together. You know, like I've seen yeah. people do that, you know, like when, when I was in my thirties and I lost my job and I moved out of my parents' house, finally, again, a friend of mine was renting a room and in this beautiful brownstone and she was a teacher and she's like, I'm renting this room for 500 bucks, but the place is empty. And I was like, wait, what? So she ended up filling it with all her friends. And so here we are late twenties, early thirties, each of us renting a room for 500 bucks, but there was four women in there and we lived yeah. there for two years and helped each other. And so I just think that the creativity is going to really come from this community component. And in Made Whole, I invite you into the Dreamcatcher community that you do not and you ought not to navigate this space by yourself. There are links there to give you a toolkit to say, if you are looking for a safe space to, to share your financial journey, share your financial challenges, here it is. So that's what I think is that that is going to be um, the the deciding factor on those who make it and those who don't. There's a, an African, I think it's an African saying, but it it's the lone wolf, you know, dies in the winter or does not survive the winter, you know? And so it this whole, this individualistic like um, mindset that is very Western and very American. I mean, you know, right? Like your your parents are, are both immigrants, my parents as well. There's no way they got here by no. themselves, the aunties, the uncles, the, there is a, to the point where I'm sure you grew up, you didn't even know who really were your aunties and uncles were because you just used <laughs> Everybody was a cousin. Yes. Everybody, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but I didn't know. It wasn't until high school. It was like, wait, so you're not related? To <laughs> you know, but yes, I think that that network is going to be critical in seeing us through. I think what I'm also learning from you and your friend who got the free trip to Rome is that, you know, in life, and I got this advice from David Bach, who I think got it from other people, you know, he was inspired too, is that in life, sometimes the best, your best path towards wealth is to be mm -hmm. a go-giver. Yeah. Oh, yes. A go-giver. We want to be go-getters, but be a yeah. go-giver Yeah. because, and you don't have to give with money. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's really just like your time, your patience, your mm -hmm. other resources, your friendship, yeah. your support, your couch. Uh, yes. you know, and and you know, I, I I'm not a woo woo kind of person, but mm -hmm. I do think that when you help someone, they don't forget. Yeah. And it's not that we're looking for transactions; we're, no. we want to like help to help. Mm -hmm. But um, it's not a coincidence when it comes back to support you and serve you when mm -hmm. you least expect it. And when you least Need feel it most, most vulnerable. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My mom would say that you reap what you sow, but you don't always reap where you sow. Because sometimes, you know, you're pouring into a place and you're like, wow, that person kind of took advantage of me, you know? And then two years later, when you need it most, it comes back around through someone else. And you're like, oh, you know, like, I love you that. Know, yeah, that you're going to reap what you sow. But sometimes, you know, you give to this person, but you receive over here. I truly believe that giving activates abundance, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, one of the ways that I foster those types of relationships is that I do something called Sunday Supper at my house. And we, we don't do as much as we used to because it's been so crazy, but we used to do it once a month. And it's literally like my sisters, I've got four sisters and three of them still live in New Jersey where I live. My sisters, um, my niece and my nephew. Um, I have a number of neighbors. My um, my my husband at the time when he was still here, and now his 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 twin brother comes now that he's not here. And so, but what I love is that Terrell is a painter. I cannot tell you how many houses that he's painted in the Sunday Supper crew. Because wow. you just be like, oh wait, Terrell, can you do it? Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, oh, that's right. One of them, 
Dr. Ortiz, Maria, is the um, vice superintendent of Newark schools. So when we were deciding like, okay, what high school should my stepdaughter Alyssa go to? And she was like, um, you know, this high school has the highest incidence of people getting scholarships once they graduate. And what, so, I mean, you get this like in depth and meanwhile, it's just Maria from around the corner. Yeah, You know, like Rihanna, um, who also lives around the corner from me, is my designer. So she designed the house that I'm living in now and is doing the full redesign of my condo. And so there's just this like, you know, like, and that wasn't intentional. You just were hanging out. These are just neighbors. Yeah. And so I just think that like um, intentionally fostering relationships, like Cabrell, he owns a um, an eyeglass business that's a, that is a, a legacy business. His grandparents started it, passed it on to his mom, which has now been passed on to him and his sister. But almost like, it's funny when we hang out, anybody who wears glasses in the crew, I'm like, Cabrell, you have outfitted everybody <laughs> Yes. Well, it's just an important reminder to all of us who we feel like, oh, I don't know anybody. Yeah. Who's going to help me? I don't know. I don't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I don't have a, a sponsor at work. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think even with my own book launch journey, mm-hmm. I find, and I've learned this multiple times, I've always been reminded of this is that your best supporters are right in front of you. Yeah. They're your people. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not like the CEOs at the fancy companies. I mean, hey, if they want to hire me, that's great. But (laughs) the amount of um, the the amount of wealth that has been brought into my life because of just people who have been, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, people who follow you Mm -hmm. that you've just been give, 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 giving to without even expecting a return, um, are now showing up in droves and with incredible ideas and Mm -hmm. open arms and. I mean, like, I will say, like, I'll never forget my last book, When She Makes More, I put out an email to my audience, which was much smaller at the time. And I was like, hey, I have this book coming out. If you know anybody who'd like to, you know, buy it or bring me into your company to speak, let me know. And this one woman said, sure, yeah, we do a lunch and learn at our digital design firm every month. We'd love to invite you. We, they bought books, which I thought was, that was alone, like such a great gift. And then when I'm there, she introduces me to somebody who their account was a huge Fortune 500 financial Mm. institution. They end up working with me for the next five years. Wow. So it's just, you never know. And I, as a result, never, ever, ever underestimate your immediate community of neighbors, of followers, of people at your school, your church, all of these people. We are all collectively to go back yeah. to your first point, so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit. Kindness so, is never wasted, you know? Never. You brought up legacy, your friend Terrell mm-hmm. uh, with his eyeglass company. In your last chapter mm-hmm. where you get 100% whole mm-hmm. in your workbook is when you're ready to leave a legacy in yeah. your estate planning. My husband and I just redid our estate plan. And I want to ask you, there's so much conversation online, especially about... Um, leaving a legacy for the next generation. A lot of entrepreneurs talk about how I'm going to make my kid a millionaire and leave them all this mm-hmm. money. And great. We got to pay it forward. But mm-hmm. how do we also make sure they don't blow it? Mm-hmm. Like, where's that conversation happening online? Because it's really easy to blow through your trust fund. And it is. It is. I, I think like, how do I raise, and you have people who depend on you, you have your stepdaughter, like how are you parenting them and guiding them to be, thoughtful with money as well as, you know, 
preparing them for like, here, you're going to have a lot of money one day because yeah. you're going to inherit it. Well, one, you have to have like a ton of conversations. So like almost every day. <laughs> I, know. I know. And it's hard with kids, especially, but it becomes more normal. Like when I first met Alyssa and when her father and I got together, I want to say she was like six or seven. So we started to have the conversations really early. Like she was really into like art and drawing. So whenever I went to Staples, she used to want to come with me. Um, and so I would notice that like, she's the only child that whenever we did something, her dad would just buy it. And I was like, is there a birthday? Uh-huh. Like, you know, like, he's just like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I have it. She wants a doll. I'm like, yeah, but she got a doll two days ago. Mm-hmm. Her room is full of all the discarded dolls, you know? <laughs> um, and um, of course she loved me in the beginning. All those back. weird Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> And she basically was like, you messed up a good thing, sis. Quiet, you know? So yeah. then I said, the first thing I got her was a piggy bank, which had three sections. There was a saving section, a giving section, and a spending section. And I said, you know, whenever you get money, birthday, just because whatever, you have to put something in every section. And whenever I go to Staples, she always wanted to go with me because she wanted to buy, she was like very particular about like color pencils and like, you know, and I was like, okay, so I said, you can go, but you have to look in your spending section to see what your budget is. And so I started to introduce language to her. So it was great because we would go and I'd say, do you, I'm going to Staples. Do you want to go? And she'd be like, wait, let me see what my budget is. So she would run and she's like, oh, there's no. only two quarters in there. I'm like, well, you can still go to look. And certainly you could take pictures of the things that you want. And she'd be like, okay. Or sometimes like, nah, you know, but I love that she was starting to realize. And I love that sometimes she would have money and I would let her like be in the crayon or whatever aisle. And I would say, I know you have $5, but remember there's tax. So that was like the next. Judge, wow. You know, she had to learn mm-hmm, because I, the, the first time I let her go up to buy something that like basically was $5 and she gave the $5 and they tell her it's $5 and like 80 cents. And she looks like, wait, what? And I was like, that's what tax is. And at first I used to get so mad because the cashiers would sometimes be like, it's okay, because she was so cute. I was like, no, we're teaching lessons here. <laughs> sometimes things have to go back. And I would tell her that you pay taxes because that 80 cents is going to go into a pool that's going to fix the road, that's going to oh, fund right. school. So she's like, okay. So then to see her navigate, like, okay, I have $5, but I don't really have $5. I can only really spend you know, so this is what would happen like, you know, time after time. And after a while, it just became normal. And so after, so almost two years to the day, actually it's November 15th. I know this is coming out later, but this is when um, Jarrell suddenly passed away from an aneurysm. And as a result of his like really great planning, um, even before we got married, um, he got um, a really great life insurance policy for her. Mm-hmm. And um Now, he didn't know this. I didn't fully understand this either. But when you leave money to a minor, of course, nobody knew he wasn't going to be here, that the state, many states will hold it um, until they turn 18 or 21, depending on the state. In New Jersey, it's 18. But Alyssa just turned 17. And so there's this like, ah, there's a lot of money coming her way. And there's nothing anyone could do about it because the state is like, girl, once you're 18, that's your business. Like, So I've started like um, starting in January because her birthday is in October that she's going to be meeting regularly with me when I meet with my financial advisor, Anjali, who she's familiar with. So that way for the first 15 minutes, Anjali can talk to her separately just to say, so here's the money that's coming in. Let's make a plan. So that way, by the time the money comes in, she's like, I know my plan. Here's some money for me to have fun with. If I want to get a car, this is what this is. This is what... 
you know? And so that's how I'm kind of circumventing, but you have Amazing. to start way in advance. That's not a one month out, you know, that's a year out of like, before this money hits, I know. And I'm nervous because we could do all of that investing into her with knowledge. She could still be like, girl. Yeah, her things. money. <laughs> exactly. Oh my so, God, state laws are so weird. I, I mean, guess, like, you can't so drink alcohol, but you can get, do whatever you want with your inheritance. With the, yes. So so knowing what I know now, so the truth, truthfully, because it's crazy, when Geeko with Money came out, Jarrell was here. And so two years later, he's not here. It feels so surreal. And so when I was doing the invest, the um, estate planning chapter for for Made Whole, it hit different because, you know, sometimes you're talking about it, but I got to, I'm living it. Like, so I'm now I'm like, no, 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 no. When you are planning your estate and you're thinking about your children, um, a will and beneficiary is not necessarily enough, depending on how much wealth you're leaving them. That like uh, the beneficiaries will say, this is who owns this, you know, this, this account or whatever, this lump sum of money you're leaving, a will basically tells your heirs like about instantly what to do with your things or your money instantly between instantly about six months about what to do. But a trust lets you reach as far into the future as possible. And I don't think, I mean, we're so young. I didn't fully get it, you know, that like, so now what happens now is that I understanding, I don't want any of the minors in my life to get access to a ton of money if I'm not here when they're 18 and so young. So I've now put a trust in place that will dispense money at 21 or 18 if they go to school. If not, then a little bit at 21, a little bit at 25, then the rest at 30. Mm. And so, because I'm hoping by 30, you have some sense. Oh, yeah. And if not, at, at some point, you have to become an adult. And you I know? think delaying your gratification mm-hmm. instills a need to plan. Yes. And knowing that um, like, okay, this is coming. And so I, I think that is one of the things that you can do. Like estate planning allows for you to, ha- to bake in some discipline for your heirs, you know, by doing that, if it, whatever that's going to look like for you. And, you know, I've been able to do so. And so everything has gone into my estate, my homes, you know, all of my bank account, everything belongs to the estate. And this also allows for them not to have to struggle with what do I do about taxes? Whatever do I, what do I do about, right. you know, you know, because it's like, well, we're all beneficiaries to this trust. So you're not actually inheriting anything new um, unless I didn't get a chance to put into the trust before passing. Um, and so and, and therefore you get to absorb what was already yours when I was here. You know, right. so it helps to circumvent some of the um, inheritance taxes that you might have to pay. You obviously you want to sit, sit with your um, attorney, but that to me, estate planning now had just a different, like you know, just I, I think about it so much differently because it's mm-hmm. also too, it's not just the money part. Like I put in made whole that like take a ton of pictures and video of your of your people, mm-hmm. like not postable pictures and video. I'm talking about like in the kitchen, you know, your kid is eating breakfast and they have like strawberry jam all over their face and, you know, Christmas morning or, or holiday morning or whatever you celebrate or your, 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 you know, your, your partner is coming home from work and you're like, oh, they look mm-hmm. so cute walking up this, as much picture and video as possible. Because at some point that's like what you have left. And I was fortunate that Jarrell, his mother passed away in his twenties and he didn't have picture and video. So he was committed to taking as much picture and video as wow. possible. We have, when I say thousands, we have a Google folder that all of his friends and family and myself are, you know, um, have access to. And there's at least 3000, like you could, at any point you could hear Jarrell say, I love you. You can hear him laugh. You can hear him smile. I mean, there, he was like a secret vlogger, you know, mm. he didn't really have social media, but there was just so much that we can 
lean into it. And I'm so grateful for that. And so that's estate planning too. Like, mm. you know, do you, are you leaving something behind that your people can like get joy from, even though you're not physically? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They say your memories, your experiences, the value that they hold is, yeah. is invaluable. Yes. You know? Invaluable. And why it's so important to invest in experiences and in yeah. sharing time with people. I love when you talk about Jarell. <laughs> I love it. It's so important. And also he was an incredible human being. He really was. As you're as you're marching into your forties, I think we're around the same age as you're. Well, I'm forty four now, so I'm like I'm 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 Wait, solid. What? <laughs> How, what's my future? My I turned forty four in February. Um, the future looks bright. <laughs> it's cute over here. <laughs> it is very cute. It's very cute. How are you thinking about your this era of your life? Your forties, like what are your financial goals? And we know financial goals are so inner inner. Uh, mingled with, you know, career goals and personal goals, but like, what are you prioritizing right now? Well, right now I'm prioritizing peace because I used to be such a beast, man. You couldn't tell me anything. I could run through a brick wall for as hard as I worked, you know? And I was proud of that, but my blood pressure was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I, I was so stressed. I did not know I was stressed because it was like, um, normalized. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like you ever like, um, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I didn't realize that I was living in a constant state of stress. I didn't actually come down. So I was like, I'm not stressed. Are you stressed? I'm fine. I'm fine. And it wasn't until. <laughs> My hair's falling out. It's normal, right? <laughs> when I tell you, when I went to the doctor, she's like, this is the third time your blood pressure is, is, is elevated. And I never had high blood pressure. I'm like. And I was like, maybe because I ran up the stairs. And she, meanwhile, as she's like taking my blood, I'm on my laptop sitting in the bed. She's looking at me like, I don't think it's the stairs. You are still on your laptop, Tiffany, and I'm taking your blood pressure. I'm like, well, I just want to get one email in while I waited for you. She's like, yeah, it's too much. And so I, you know, like I have prioritized peace. I don't work nearly um, as much as I used to work. When when the aneurysm happened with Jarrell and he... He had a surgery and they kind of knew it didn't, it didn't work out. And I was like holding his hand and he wasn't conscious. He was in a coma. I remember nothing became more clear than what mattered in that moment. And the only thing that came up was love and connectedness. That like, there was nothing. There was no, oh, I wish I could have gotten him that favorite car that he wanted. I wish we would have. No, it was just, I wish I had more time to love him while he was here. And I wish I had more time to stay connected. And so Knowing that like in that space right before death, that that's what came up, it's the thing that I'm prioritizing. Like I am a much better auntie, a much better sister, much better friend, much better neighbor. Like, you know, like I am trying my best because he was like Mr. Rogers of the neighborhood, mm -hmm. trying my best to like, you know, to like, how can I be more connected? How can I love on the people that I love even more so? You know, like, I don't know if you have immigrant parents. They don't really say I love you. But nope. like, I force it on my dad. I'm like, love you, daddy. He said, hey, yeah. I, I, I love you, uh, my dad. Okay. So, <laughs> which is so I awkward. like you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but no, now I force, I'm like, no, you're going to say it, you know? Um, and so that's why I've been prioritizing. Honestly, I just, I told myself, I give myself, like, I technically don't have to work anymore if I don't want to just because I have set myself up in such a way that I live so far below my means that I have enough not to work. Um, but I told myself, I give myself to 50. So six years before I really sit all the way down, just because I have businesses that still very much need my presence. So, yeah. you know, I'm not willing to just walk away. There are too many people who it affects, you know, 
but like winding down that by 50, maybe I just do my podcast and, you know, like I just, you know, and just Hall mentor. of Fame. <laughs> I would love Personal to mentor. Finance, Hall of Fame. Yeah, you could mentor. I love um, that. I do. I've done a lot of mentoring now, honestly, but I would love like if that was like, you know, not even for money, just like I don't need it. I just like how many people can I pour into and teach the lesson? So, yeah, for me, less and less and less doing more of what matters to me and less of like working and grinding and all the things that um, that cause stress. And I, I would say that I've cut out my workload more than half from from before Jarrell passed away. And I'm happy it's, about it. It's hard to believe because I feel like you're still everywhere doing all the things. And <laughs> it's, it seems I like really, it. you know, hearing you say that, I really appreciate that you're making time for us here yeah. on So Muddy and that you have shown up for me so often. Um, and I, I, I will be there for you. I just love you. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you too, <laughs> Main whole, everybody. It's out. Tell us when. It's out November 21st, 2023. You can get it at madewholeworkbook.com, especially if you want to support a small business, a small independent bookstore. Everything's listed there where you can buy it, but I like to choose the independent bookstores. So madewholeworkbook.com. All right. It's actually going to be available tomorrow because this is airing on the 20th. Congratulations, my friend. It's always great to see you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Tiffany for joining us. Link to her workbook in our show notes. It's called Made Whole, The Practical Guide to Reaching Your Financial Goals. It comes out tomorrow. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money. Money.